Before all this started, I thought that squeezing the life out of someone would be easy. The right amount of pressure on their windpipe and they just go limp. Like when a kitten suddenly falls asleep. It's actually nothing like that. When someone who doesn't want to die realises they're going to die, they fight. Holy fuck do they fight. It's astonishing how even the world's worst monsters are desperate to keep living. Are they worried about what comes next? Can they feel those fires of hell warming their faces already? Take the monster I'm with now, for example. He has not worked out that struggling is pointless. He's cuffed to the bed. The easiest thing for him would be to let it happen. Instead, he's squirming, bucking, and just hurting himself. I give the nylon stocking I've wrapped around his neck an extra hard tug and watches his eyes bulge and contort, like they're trying to escape from his head. I like these particular stockings. They've got crystals on the back seam, which really gives you some excellent grip. Then his eyes burst, and the whites turn completely red. I like it when they do that. Red eyes, blue lips, a pale yellowing skin. Oh, and some gorgeous shades of purple later as the blood pools in the lowest parts of the body. The colour palette of death is really rather pretty. How does that feel? I say, nice and tight. That's how you like it, isn't it? He's trying to say something, but it's coming out guttural and muffled. I lean over and pull the other stocking out of his mouth, holding my knife. A 350-pound shun. Beautiful, Japanese, steel, and newly sharpened. To his throat. I want to hear his last words. Please, the kids. <laughs> I think you know exactly how they feel about you right now. You're a fucking bitch. I didn't fuck you, though. Did I? And with that, I give the stocking around his throat one last tug to cut off his air supply for good. The other thing about asphyxiation is that it takes so much longer than you'd think. I've been straddled here, crushing his windpipe for a good six or seven minutes, and he's only just dropping into unconsciousness. I think about the chilled glass of Montrachet waiting for me in the other room. Then he becomes still. I lean forward and peer at him. He finally looks like he's shuffled off his miserable mortal coil. I press my chest up against his, letting my ear drop to his lips. Silence. I ease his eyelids down over his eyes and sit back to admire my work. This is my favourite part. He looks childlike and peaceful lying against the crisp white linen. Almost innocent. Almost. I have to admit, she's right. It does look authentic this way. Also, there's no blood. Blood is a shocking stain to get rid of. Even Mrs. Hinch has nothing helpful on that. I once had to burn a beautiful pair of cream Max Mara slim leg trousers because it just doesn't come out. And nothing is worth that.